I've got a cold open for you. Hit me with it. I'm freezing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Any particular reason? Yeah. Um, our electric bill last month was really high. Mm. Our, I guess our gas bill, because our house is gas. Um, so Lauren said that we have a new rule. <laughs> and it's... Uh, she, well, she started out with saying, uh, "We I can turn the heater on at 50 degrees. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's real? I was like, okay, Mr. Freeze. She's just like, everybody chill. <laughs> That's hardcore. No, so I was like, I'll meet you at 55. But really, it's going to be more like, I think once it hits 60, I'm, I'm cranking things up or like working out or something because... Um, that it was like uh, we live in a two-story house, which it's not—it's not really two. It's a split foyer, so we have you walk in and you can either go upstairs, or you can go downstairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, our gas bill is like one seventy, which I think is like not crazy. Um, but it's—I mean, I've never had a house, so I don't know the comparative. Yeah, me neither. Space there is. But if you are like renting, if you're used to renting, usually you're like like all your utilities, gas, electric is usually like a hundred bucks. In the winter, it might be a little bit more if you live in an older area. It's not like newer, um, but I don't think 170 was crazy. Um, however, where I mean, I just we just got a ring. We just went on vacation. Like we're trying to cut costs a bit. So yeah. uh, I was like, oh, let's do 55. Um, fortunately, it the temperature hasn't gotten any lower than like 60 uh, outside. So and, and we have a pretty well insulated house. So I am okay right now. But I can't wear like a short sleeve shirt around the house. I have to wear at least two layers. So right now I'm wearing... What is it right now in there? What's the um, I think it's like, last time I checked, it was 63. Jeez, okay. So... What was uh, it when you were growing up? Like, what was what was the temp in the house? What were the rules? Uh, I don't really remember, to be honest. But I also, I also remember being poor. So I imagine it was <laughs> <laughs> not ideal. I was going to say, our, I remember uh, 62 was when the when like the low for the heat and then like the high throughout the winter was 65 for us and that is no longer the case we have it a little bit warmer than that and if it were not my choice it would continue to be warmer still than what it is for us right now uh my parents divorced when i was super young so i i i don't remember any kind of numerical value associated with anything because after they divorced my mom moved in with like my grandma and then my dad moved with my aunt and then there was no like there was no immediate family control of the thermostat anyways. Mm. So I, I, that just wasn't a thing for me, uh, at least that I knew of, but I mean, I, that's a good, not problem to have. I'd say to just be <laughs> like blissfully unaware of how much you don't care about whatever was happening with the I, thermostat. I think we were more worried about when we were going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was more like, what are we going to eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but no, so uh, it's been cold. I'm wearing right now for the listener. I'm wearing a t-shirt, a gray button-up, and then also like um, I think it's like an Eddie Bauer uh, vest. Mm-hmm. So the listener's like, I don't care, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. I don't quite understand vests. Like, I mean, when it comes to like a warm one to keep people warm, as opposed to like a three-piece suit or something like that, because I just, I just don't get it. Well, you like, have that one or- weird disease where like your extremities get super cold. <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah, but does so then does it keep your uh your what about your arms? Do they just get cold? I mean like yeah, that's why I have my sleeves kind of down right now. So like they oh. get colder, but like it's it's definitely nicer having a vest on because um my uh when I don't I don't feel as cold or as sh- you don't feel as shivery. 
so like when you're when your body is cold it's and you're shivering it's because your your center your core mass is cold um but like you still feel like numbness in your hands if it gets cold but i i feel like over time my hand doesn't feel as numb that's also because i'm on my second pot of coffee and i've mm. just probably just got coffee in my veins right now it's a yeah it's coming from the inside and just warming up mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, that's cool so yeah that's uh that's my cold open um for, oh, we have never explained that. So Cody and I have this thing we do. We call it cold, cold opens. And if you've paid attention, every single podcast, except for the very first episode, we do a cold open, which is we just talk about random shit uh, to just kind of warm it up a little bit because it's cold. Um, TV shows do this a lot. Like Family Guy, you you start, you watch Family Guy and then there's just like a random scene, but it has nothing to do with the actual episode. Well, um, I think especially because we're a marketing podcast, like I've listened to a lot of marketing pod- podcasts. And when I say listen to, I mean, start to listen to and then stopped because I was extremely bored with how dry it was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I gotta make it at least a little bit more interesting. Yeah, um, I think. I think the actual definition of a cold open is is the show starts, but the title sequence hasn't started yet. So uh, oh. once the title sequence starts, it's no longer it's just that the show has started. So oh. do we um, have a title sequence? Do we have an equivalent of uh, is just like hey everybody? Yeah. So oh. our title sequence goes exactly like this: Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Ever Everbro podcast. I messed it up there. So the Everbro podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about what platforms you should be focusing on when starting your marketing agency to acquire clients. Ooh, that was perfect. Yeah. So here we are. Cool. So you did it. <laughs> that was so like, now we're, that was now like we're opening section. Um, <laughs> yeah. All so right. um, this was an episode that I wanted to cover because I had a shower. I was thinking about it in the shower the other day. And uh, I, I don't know why. I think it was because I see a lot of I've, I've seen a lot of marketers out there trying to promote their services, but do especially our competitors, but just like all over the place. Like mm-hmm. they're on, they're posting on Twitter, they're sharing their Twitter on Facebook, they're posting articles and blogs that don't really answer questions that I've seen out there from their target audience. They're mm-hmm. um, posting YouTube videos, they've got a podcast that's not really doing anything for them, kind of like us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One that's just fun and not actually for our target uh, <laughs> audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, and there, there doesn't seem to be like a cohesive strategy. And I did this a lot when I first started. And a lot of it was because I didn't have any clients. I didn't know what to do with my time. And I just started just being everywhere always. In fact, that saying right there actually comes from uh, someone that we worked with at Mud Advertising, Cody. Uh, uh, whatever. I'll call him out. Nick. Uh, Nick Barnett. Um, he, we were, I can't remember, we were on a sales call. And I wasn't a sales guy at the time. So I was like learning how to be a sales guy. Mm-hmm. And he was, he said a phrase, he goes, you know, we like to be everywhere always. And what he meant was basically having a complete cohesive strategy for marketing, just attacking every channel. Mm-hmm. And um, so everywhere always. And I think that's what a lot of people do without recognizing they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's what I did. And in a sense, it makes sense, but it makes sense in a traditional sense, like the billboard, like newspaper type sense. When you're in an age of digital marketing, and especially if this is your side hustle, you you don't have time to be everywhere always. It's such a time suck. Well, and I'd say everywhere is relative to where your clients are, right? Yeah. Um, if you know where your clientele is and you know that they're not on TikTok, why are you wasting your time there? Like you should go find the places where they are if that's in multiple places and then go hammer the brand awareness in those places. But you don't like if they're if they're somewhere else or sorry, if they're 
not somewhere that you're spending time that I think you're wasting your time just because somebody said it was a good idea. If your clients aren't there, then it sounds like a bad one to me. We've got one of our competitors on TikTok. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, I, uh, I think you sent me the videos. Right? Oh, I That's, did. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts so much. It's it's cringe grade ten. Um, yeah, but that's like a thing. Like TikTok is great if you're in e-commerce or if you're um, mm-hmm. selling courses or something to blissfully unaware uh, high school graduates. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's um, if you're in our industry, in the landscaping industry, yeah, our our guys are our, our clients are consuming our younger clients are consuming content on TikTok. But um, I bet you it's not landscaping related. Uh, I would rather be on the platforms that they're going to learn information for so uh youtube like mm-hmm. uh we're on or we're getting on now um facebook groups facebook groups online yeah. forums um and then using other tactics like blogging as a method to it's basically like our hooks for our fishing poles so when when i first started and we covered this in another episode the, the number one thing i did was i went to blog forums which is if you're in the local service businesses this is exactly what you should do you should go find forums specific to your niche and then engage this is what this is what i did i'm going to put everything i have behind this uh as as a suggestion but then just answer questions and don't don't sell but you're going to start noticing a theme you're going to start noticing a theme of questions that are being asked and eventually you're going to get tired of asking them every time. So then you just write a blog post about it. And anytime someone asks that question, you post a link to the post. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, nine times out of ten, it's never the person who asked the question who contacts you. It's just some other reader. Yep. So uh, th- I did this in online forums. But you got you to be careful about the rules, though, because there's a lot of rules that you can't solicit unless you become a sponsor or something. So you have got to be very tactful in how you do it. Don't want any people getting banned out there because they just stupidly listen to my advice without thinking things through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do the same thing with Facebook groups. Uh, but again, you got to be careful about the rules there. So I think, I think we got a little too heavy for a second. I want to back up and make sure that people understand because we, we got into like the specifics, but I just want to say first. So there's a very old Gary V, Gary v video back when he was... Um, cooler <laughs> wait <laughs> when like was that <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think at this point it'd be, it might be hard to find even but there was a question of somebody says where what channel should i focus on for my customers and he says all of them and like most gary v things it is a very broad statement that can be interpreted multiple ways and can actually be seriously evaluated because you'll start poking holes in it and you'll realize the issues with it so i think on the surface level similar to the things that he says now yeah that's great that's a great way to think initially is absolutely try everything everywhere and then i think of it similar to investing when you're especially when you're poor like when you are poor and you don't have a lot of money and you're you want to make money the last thing that you should do is diversify because diversifying is like really how you keep your money um it's not how you make gross amounts of money same way as like you you don't make or you don't acquire gross amount of customers by diversifying your efforts you test until you find the ones that work and then double down. And that's where you focus hard. Um, Now, there's a difference between testing a platform to find out if it's viable and you should continually do that. And then also realizing either when your customers aren't there, when too much effort is involved, that it's not cost effective to be on that platform. And then ultimately knowing when to quit um, because it isn't worth the time and effort for whatever reason, right? There's multiple ones, but that's a skill by itself is knowing when to identify that. And then once you do find 
those key channels for your business, go hard, learn the rules, pay, like learn it better than anybody else. When That's you, when you go through and read, you know, make sure that you become the authority in that place. When you did your own side hustle, you, I mean, you had a couple non-affiliate clients at some point, right? Mm-hmm. What were your yeah. channels? How are you acquiring clients? Referrals, all referrals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's not really helpful. Yeah, don't do it, Cody did. Um, well, <laughs> it doesn't. Do it. Well, it. That, that's kind of how we started out, though. Before you came on board, which it was pretty much all referral. It was like I had, I got, I got in touch with some some industry people and some groups on Facebook groups, and then um, all of the website builds I did was essentially referrals from those groups and people in those groups. And mm. but now, like our referrals are maybe like five percent of our sales. Uh, if that, like we got like one every like four months. Yeah. But, um, well, that's, that is worth mentioning at least though, is, uh, especially because the agency scene, if you are spending time or have spent time in a marketing agency, there is a payoff to just doing a good job at the agency when you leave, because people know that you did a good job and then they will think of you when they have work in any capacity, right? Maybe they are flexing because they took on more work than they can handle internally. So they need to outsource a little bit of it temporarily. Maybe they get jobs that aren't good fits for them and they want to refer them to someone who's better. Um, So like that was the kind of thing that happened to me was I just got, hey buddy, you know, is this good for you? And that's, I think a a good way. And I mean, it's just not a very, I guess, reliable way. for people who are, especially people who are impatient, because that's not something you really, um, that's just classic professional growth and networking is get good at what you do, build a, a reputation, being a good person. And then no matter what and where you are, people will refer you in various ways. And that takes much longer than <laughs> just finding finding a place where you can get uh, clients who are looking for your services um, and offering them. I almost want to get Alec on here at some point because he went from full-time to freelance kind of self-agency model back to full-time because mm-hmm. he liked the full-time better. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, we'll put a pin in that one. But uh, yeah, I, I think I I followed... Well, when I first started, I, re- I started reading Gary Vee. I read um, Crush It and then Crushing mm-hmm. It. It was actually the other way around. I read Crushing It, and then I was like, oh, this is the sequel. So then I read Crush It, <laughs> and uh, I, I found some value in those. I feel like they messed up with the side. They messed, like, it should have been like Crush It More, you know? Like something a little bit more uh, clarifying. Yeah. Crush It Harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read those, and I liked them. The value I got, the one value I got from those books were um, was um, it become the expert in your field. Like become the thing that, when people think of, in our case, landscape marketing, they think of Evergrow or they think of, you know, Jake Hunley or Cody C and that's it. But then like the other things in there too, were like, um, you know, be on every single platform. As soon as you get home from work, you just, you scroll through Twitter, you look up relevant hashtags and you respond to literally everything. And, you know, you kill yourself responding to shit on social media. And uh, when you first start, I could see that being uh, healthy for you to do, but you can't keep that up for very long. You've got to figure out your medium that's going to essentially crush it for you. Uh, and, and he never really went into that in the books, but at at a, at a certain level too, you do have to actually be the expert 
I think in a lot of those, um, he gives a lot of examples. Like there's like a, a dentist who does like fun things on on uh, Snapchat and Twitter and TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think TikTok was a thing back when he wrote that, but um, that got him a ton of business. And it was um, just kind of stepping outside of the norm for your industry. So what I did with Evergrow was not be salesy at all. It, it seemed like every form that I went to, it was the same person uh, or the same thing of just someone just not giving very specific advice and saying like you've got to do this and this but not how to do it and then they, they could essentially do it for them i was like nah, i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna tell people exactly how to do something because the way that i learned seo and ads and just being an agency in general was literally just looking everything up online the information exists out there so if somebody really wants to know how to do it themselves they're gonna find it and and do it themselves but the problem is is it's not it's not a i don't know how to do this somebody else do it it's uh, i don't have time to do this or learn how to do this um you know somebody else do it so if, if you sit there and you explain literally every step on how to do something people are going to contact you because mm-hmm. now you're seen as that authoritative figure that gary was talking about and crush it and crushing it um but we should move away from gary because i hate talking about him <laughs> okay I, I got i got two questions i want to hit you with one right. is what is your feelings on or what are your feelings on aggregator sites and talking about the fibers and the upworks of the world where you sign up to, to a marketplace and you offer your services to people who are looking for them and it, that marketplace is designed for that particular purpose okay why is it this is your first question yeah all right why do you call them aggregator sites is that the, because is that... they ag- they aggregate the the marketplace uh, yeah, just, maybe okay. that's not the best word. Mar- just, marketplace site is the best example, I guess. I shouldn't say aggregator, but they aggregate the the market of freelancers or businesses that are offering the services. I've just never heard that. So, so I could I, be making it up. Well, I just wanted to be up with the lingo. Well, let's Google what is an aggregator site and see if I'm just making up stuff. I changed my mic settings so I'm closer to hopefully that cuts down on the echo. That sounds better. Good. What is an aggregator site? Content aggregator website. Well, that's not quite what I mean, but is a site that collects data from other sources across the internet and puts the information in one place where users can access it. Eh, okay, it's a stretch. I'm just going to say marketplace from now on. All right, back to the answer. So, <laughs> um, what's my feelings on them? I think hmm. they're cool if you could figure out how the algorithm works, which I haven't. I mean, maybe maybe it's easier than I think, but I started doing this when I first got in with Evergrow. The problem was is uh, I, I would submit, I would submit like a bid on a, a project, like an SEO audit or it's like people would pay for SEO audits. I'm like, that's easy money. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're submitting a bid and so are like a hundred other people. So everything became like a long drawn out application process that I just didn't have time for. Yeah. And I only, at a certain point, I only saw it as a resume builder. And then, so I'm like, okay, well, even if it takes me a little while to get something to land some of these, you know, low paying gigs as a resume builder, that's fine. But uh, it ultimately wasn't worth it. So I never actually landed a single like Upwork or Fiverr gig as an SEO. Um, but yeah. Okay. Second yeah. question. Uh, I want to add to it though. Oh, and okay. just say I, because I, I personally never did them either, but I've had friends who have, and as just referential, like what I've learned through them and from them is it can be a good place to find your first opportunity. And then from that one network from there, like get off, get off of the site after that point, just talk to the client. Once you find one good client there and say, Hey, how do you, who do you know 
Um, are I'll you... cut them deals to keep expanding my network, that sort of thing. Are we assuming that this is like, like they've picked, like they've listened to episode two and they've picked their niche, or is this just like, because like, can you even find a niche client in one of those sites? Oh, okay. So, well, I think maybe we talked about it there too, but I don't think, I think it's a good idea to niche down. I don't think that you have to niche down because another one could just simply be, um, well, well, all you need is one person to give you a shot, yeah. right? That's all you need. And if you do a good job from there, you your niche will develop as a result of whatever your first opportunity is and the referrals you get from that too. So it's you just need one shot, maybe harder, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. So I yeah, I just think that uh, don't I, I wouldn't think of those places as the end all be all. I would just think of them as the starting point of okay, maybe especially if you don't have those that network you know those connections then just find one good opportunity and then milk it look it's a it's a full-time job to find an opportunity there so if if that's all you're doing you're not going to be making Mm -hmm. any money so like cody is saying you know yeah spend spend a full-time amount of of time to uh find your first gig but find a good first gig that has some that has some legs that can that can run with you yep all right what's your second question second one what do you think is a underutilized platform for us when it comes to potential client acquisition oh youtube i mean we're you we're about to but um Mm -hmm. we haven't utilized youtube and i've wanted to transition a lot of our content over to youtube just even like our written content into actually like cut and produced videos Mm -hmm. uh because i know a lot of our potential clients prospects and just industry leaders are on youtube so why not be a suggested video for you know how to market your landscaping business in some capacity? So that's super underutilized by us. Did you want to yeah. di- did you want an answer different than YouTube because that's what we're getting into like this month? No, uh, I had one that was different from YouTube actually, but I don't disagree with you. I agree with you. Oh, okay, but what was I think the one that I was going to say was potentially LinkedIn, especially mm. for landscapers. Landscapers seem to hang out there a little bit more than other places. They don't hang out on Twitter. We know that. Like Twitter's not. Wait, how do you not, how do you know this? Well, look at our Twitter account. I mean, no, yeah, that's true. They I mean they hang out there more than oh for know, LinkedIn because I've seen the hashtags, I've seen the posts that are happening on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. I've done like some just very minimal research to know enough. Like, oh, if we put some time into it, I bet we could get in front of the right people. Well, there. they have landscaping groups that I've actually been on, and I've like added content to and i've gotten good reactions but the the problem is it's like landscaping groups on linkedin are just a big circle jerk of a bunch of like providers and like sellers so it's like mm-hmm. you know there's not as far as i know there isn't actually any landscaping owners in those groups like looking at that but um as far as a paid medium i bet it'd be mm-hmm. good or like an outreach but we don't we don't have an outreach plan and i don't intend to have one yeah i, I think so I, I agree with you on youtube i think another thing though that people this gets a little off topic as far as but probably important for people to know about acquisition some channels uh are not good for client acquisition but are actually better for team growth and employee acquisition like mm-hmm. um i went so uh the agency i was at before jumping ship to do this when i was there uh it was what like 10 people and now it's like 200 or something i don't know it's ridiculous they've grown a lot very fast and uh i remember talking to the ceo and something that he said was like social is primarily for cultural sharing and getting people familiar with the brand and the way that we work so that when we do get uh, new employees and people who apply, they're familiar with it. And they're also pretty good fits. 
um, because they know what they're getting themselves into. So um, maybe this this is later on that people should start thinking about those sort of things. But like if you think a channel um, isn't good use of your time because you can't get clients from it, that might be true. But um, maybe don't neglect it entirely because if if and when you start to hire, those people will research those things and and want to know what kind of company they would be getting themselves into. I want to put a black picture on just like a black square JPEG on our uh, Facebook page and say, uh, um, fun office meeting today. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag remote work. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like that though. I like, I like sharing it for uh, one of our um, competitors and I'll, I'll speak nicely of them. So I'll actually use your name. Uh, lawn line, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do a really good social. They've got um, they've got a lot of like in house. Um, th- they have an actual office they go to in Florida, and uh, mm-hmm. like I like I like a lot of their posts that they have on there because it, it feels almost like I'm at Mud. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's a very nice office. Everybody looks like they're having fun, and uh, like man, if I would if I see that, I would I would apply there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, but. No, I like that. We should do that. <laughs> More of it. We're we're terrible. Like when we hang out, we're terrible. I'm especially terrible at taking pictures. Like I just well, mm-hmm. I hate pictures. And so we we yeah. have a <laughs> for our paintball team after every practice, we take a we take a team photo in front of the field and uh we all have to be wearing our sponsor gear and um we all have all of our guns are custom team guns that have our team name on the sides and we have to make sure that the the team name is facing the camera. And that, you know, again, we're full sponsor gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, it feels like it's funny because like paintball practice ends and then it's like, all right, on the field, team picture. And then the team posts it and tags our sponsors in it. Uh, but our captain isn't going to be there at practice this next two weekends, I think. He's going to be in, at World Cup in Florida. So now he gave us the itinerary for drills, and, but he didn't say anything about taking pictures at the end. So I feel like we're like all gonna get back up, and someone's like, "No, we have to take a picture." <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about pictures? You like taking them? Mm. You do a good job of taking pictures. I love having pictures taken. <laughs> I mm. I do a terrible job of actually taking pictures. I also like to be there in the moment. So if I'm if I'm caught up in trying to take pictures of things, I feel like I'm not there in the moment, and I'm that weird guy not talking to anybody. Um, okay, so I, I when I first started Evergrow. I was in Kansas City and I was working for a company called Hamill Scale and they sent me, I, I convinced them to send me to Digital Summit, which is a digital marketing um, uh, summit conference. In it's the Kansas. same one that we sent. Uh, Courtney to. Yeah. Our minions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We sent Courtney to the Minneapolis Digital Summit. Um, but I went to Digital Summit and mo- it was mostly for me. It was mostly for me and Evergrow uh, to learn things uh, there. And I, I got them to give me like the one step the past like one step above basic and it was there was like a pre-party at vml which is pre-party yeah which is vml y and l or something like that so it's like vml is this is a company that like does all the gatorades digital marketing and then and then um they acquired or or were acquired by like yellow pages or something or yandex i don't know ah whatever um doesn't matter i met a guy there uh named jay and uh he was he's very he's very kind of the entrepreneurial kind of um you know this job or this this venture one week this venture the next week but he's very polished and 
uh, I don't know. I can't get a read on him, whether he actually makes a lot of money or he, <laughs> he just looks like he does and um, sleeps in his car. But uh, we, during the conference, like the next day, uh, we connected, we met up in like the lobby area between sessions and just ta- started just talking um, about random stuff. But it started following him on LinkedIn and he's got like tons and tons of pictures of him like in meetings and like meeting with people and like they're good. Like it's like good photography mm. and he's got like videos. And I remember commenting on one of his posts and saying, how do I get someone to follow me around with a camera? Like kind of snarky. <laughs> <laughs> and he just replies back and he said, pay someone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ever since then, I'm like, man, I wish I had enough money just to like pay someone to follow me around and like take like next time we meet up, just like phone my photographer and friend and be like, hey, we're having a um, company meeting. It's gonna be super boring. I need you to take pictures mm. and make it look important. Yeah, make us look cool, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've actually, I've gotten a lot better at this because there's been like waves of my life. The first one was, um, you know, it would be cool to be an influencer type thing. I think everybody at some point feels that way. And like, oh yeah, it would be cool to have people know me and recognize my face. And then uh, the second one was, I really don't want that. Like I actively, like, and honestly, I still feel that way mostly. But I think there's this middle tier of, I don't care. Like I'll do what I have to do in order for whatever business I'm doing to to work and to have the business model be successful um, to an extent. I mean, I, I can only stretch myself so much. But as far as my appearance goes, I, I put very little effort <laughs> compared to uh, I know. what most yeah, <laughs> you know compared to what most influencers do. Um, I, I really don't care. And uh, I was talking to Eva about this too because we were talking about writing and writing styles, and I said. I decided a long time ago that I wanted to be a businessman who was creative and not a creative who does business things mm. because that was more important to me because I think that uh, well, money is ultimately just more important than, than doing creative things or being important um, in my opinion and to me. And of course that, that varies person to person. We've got a, we've got an episode in the pipeline that we've uh, an idea of um, if you want to run a successful business, you have to be okay with being bad at what you were once good at. So That's like truth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Cody, eventually the goal is to have Cody be not as good at ads anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the goal for me is to not be as good at SEO or writing or any of that because Cody and I are busy actually growing a business and doing business things, um, doing boss ass shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but that's, I think that's the, that's kind of like the, um, the trope of the landscaper, which is they're so good at landscaping. They decided to open their own business up, but they're, they're an operator and not an owner and Mm -hmm. they don't know how to do the owner stuff. And that's what ultimately crushes their business or they just stay solo until they're 60 and they die without a 401k. Uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, you have to really reflect on why you're starting a business. Do you, if you start the business because you love what you do, like if you actually love doing the SEO rather than actually loving the SEO itself or the active SEO, uh, it's it's going to be harder to make that switch from from actually going into uh, the, an ownership role. But uh, man, we're already shifting. Yeah. We're already shifting topics. That's nah, okay. That's that's reeler back in. Uh, back, uh, that's back. all I actually had written down. So if you got more. Uh, I got one more thing, and I think it's a lot of it, a lot of our competitors do this, which is go to uh, industry events. Uh, mm. So I've talked to Cody about this because I actually want to do this, but I I want to do it, but I'm scared to, and I don't want to. Like I I have 
big irrational fears. I have, I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but there are, there's a big event, a uh, big landscaping event called GIE. Well, it's not called that anymore. It's called uh, something else. I can't remember. Something Expo. Uh, but it is in, I think it's in Kentucky. And it's it's huge. But all of our competitors go here. And they all have a booth. Or they're just at least there. And we don't. Uh, and, and I have two fears. So number one fear is I, I've never run an event before. I have no idea how to, how to set up or decorate a, or run a booth. So Lauren's very good at decorating booths. And I, I have a lot of confidence she could help us if we gave her a budget. Mm. One of our competitors' booths is extravagant. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful how they set it up. And I'm nervous that our booth wouldn't be very good. But again, I also don't have any experience running these. The, mm. the third, well, I, guess, I guess really the third fear is... Uh, if we spend the money to rent a booth space to, to travel out there uh, and and stay out there for a week, are we is our client acquisition going to be worth it? As if we just upped our Facebook ads or not our Facebook ads, our YouTube ads by five hundred to a thousand dollars? That's just a hundred percent of my fear. It makes me think of like when I like the the two times. I don't know. I don't remember how many times we went on vacation, but I remember my dad like we go on vacation and then we would spend money. And then he'd be mad that we went on vacation and spent money. And I was like, well, we didn't have to do this. This, this was this was an option. And now you're grumpy about it. But, I mean, that's just a classic dad move. But still, I feel the same way. Like if we if we sunk a ton of money into something like that and then the acquisition wasn't as cost effective, um, you know, that at some point you do those things regardless because they aren't uh, there's there's more to it than just the direct costs. But um, I think that's when you're bigger too. Um, I I think it's yeah. Well, especially when you when you consider the things that we've been doing, which is literally not running ads and having a hundred percent inbound <laughs> acquisition, yep. and you consider spending money in any capacity, is it going to be worth it to do that versus just going hard on our channel that you know is going to perform well for you? And the only reason why we know it's going to perform well for us now is because we're actually running ads for a client of ours in the landscaping business who sells landscaping courses who also owns a landscaping business running ads for him on the channels that we're going to run to the market we're going to run so we already know that the ads are performing well and that yep. we should have very similar success at least with engagement uh mm-hmm. or ad delivery uh but especially like thinking about the podcast we've been featured on we're we're still getting we have two i have two hubspot form requests in my inbox right now for two people who found us on the podcast it's actually three people if you count the person i have to turn away because we already have a client in their market Mm -hmm. um so it's like why like why would we go to an event (laughs) well the other the other thing that we we've talked about this briefly and this was a while ago but we talked about potentially even doing just a road trip where it's instead we visited our clients and then we made a video about that and then we used that as a marketing resource too so Mm -hmm. like the the cost would most likely be at least similar if not cheaper and then on top of that we get this really cool content that we could use um, that shows a unique thing that other people uh, haven't used as an angle and could be a, a very um, just unique and effective style of content delivery that people could relate to that hasn't been seen before. Yeah. And you've also like made good relationships with your client mm-hmm. and you know, double win. Yeah. I'd want to go see clients that like are struggling <laughs> just to meet up with them, take them out, schmooze them, <laughs> you know, hit, yeah. hit up the strip clubs. <laughs> One, one of our one of our clients, <laughs> I won't say who, but I will say they were in Denver. 
Uh, <laughs> we, I was out there with Lauren on my birthday, 2021. Uh, it, was, it was Lauren. It was my uh, sister and uh, my brother-in-law, sister's husband. We were all out there, and I was like, "Hey, man, we're out here uh, in Denver. Let's meet up." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, uh, "He's like, do you guys want to go go meet at the strip club?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, "I was like, I like, honestly, I'm not shocked." <laughs> That he would ask, <laughs> like Lauren was so down. She wants to meet him so bad because he just sounds wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I, I, "I'll do it. Let's let's do it." It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna get my whole family out to a, a strip club in Denver. <laughs> so I want to. I want to. Okay, we're running low on time, but I do want to mention this one, and it's that you have never been to a casino. Is that right? Uh, not sent. No, the first time I went to a casino was when we went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only went to the. Well, we didn't go. Sorry, we didn't go gambling at the casino. We just went to the buffet. Yeah, that was in twenty August twenty twenty, right? Or September twenty twenty. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah we didn't gamble. We just we just went to the buffet because I don't know it was open and we wanted a lot of food. Yeah, and that's some that's one that I think okay because like what are the questionable. Uh, environments in business that sometimes come up and i think of like uh well sometimes drinking events especially me because i don't drink so if they're depending on if i know or or don't know the the person that this business relationship would be with i'll be invited to places that are like clearly drinking focused and i'll be like i don't care i'll I'll totally go but just a heads up i don't drink so Mm -hmm. um if we're expecting to use alcohol as a uh uh a social a means of social yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) then it's not a great one um i think that one and then i think maybe some sports sometimes like just assuming that some people care about i don't know baseball or or actually play golf that sort of thing but the one that i hadn't really thought about much until you had said that was uh just the gambling slash casino experience and venue and whether or not people had had done that or have because i i especially think of this with um We've got a lot of Southern clients and a lot of good um, Christian root guys who uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them took it as far as gambling isn't good and you shouldn't do it. And and it could be a issue in business to some extent. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just want to take a client out to a casino I, mm-hmm. or anything drinking related unless it was like a restaurant that had drinks. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I just want it. It would be like. Uh, I think the only if it's like a topical thing like golf or something or like you know mm. top golf which has drinks uh, I would ask them if they golfed which yeah and and then like if that sounds fun to them um, but you should also know a little bit about what your client likes to do <laughs> before you make a road trip out to them um, I just, think that was in the, the Google training <laughs> wasn't it of I remember reading a question that was like you looked at their LinkedIn profile and noticed that they liked golf so before the meeting you mentioned something about golf to them and I was like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't Google's training. This is, I think it was in their sales one for Google Partners. It was very strange. I think if I we, can't remember why I took it. I think if we met Scott um, Mulchan out in Indiana, I think I would mm-hmm. I would take his son out paintballing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I'd be like, hey Scott, nice to meet you. Uh, I really don't care. I'm gonna take your son out paintballing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hey Cody, I'll talk to you. I'm gonna yeah. go take your son. We're gonna have fun. Yeah, we're gonna have fun at PB Explosion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Yeah, the casino thing. Well, it also depends too because there's different things at casinos. There's like a, there's like concerts, there's like events, and there's you know other things. I just never been to a casino because I frankly don't like to gamble. I, do, I 
I don't think it's bad. I just, I don't like losing money. And Mm -hmm. a casino's job is to take your money. So (laughs) the odds are against you (laughs) in literally everything. Um, But Lauren, we did on Mardi Gras, we were in um, uh, French Quarter on Bourbon Street or Bourbon Street's in French Quarter. But we were were on Bourbon Street in New Orleans on Mardi Gras. And uh, one night when we were there, we decided to go to the, the casino there. It's a famous one, Caesars or something. I mean, it's not Caesars. I don't know. Anyways, there's a casino there. This is how little I know about it. And Lauren's like, let's just play the slot machines. It's like, okay, like whatever. Um, And we went in with like 20 bucks and we were there for like three hours with $20. (laughs) Like pennies or something? Yeah. But like there there was a time where we had a hundred bucks. Like we hit like jackpots. And like, of course we ended with nothing. But like the point was to go in there, have fun. Also, while you're there, you get free drinks if you're at a table or if you're at a machine. So if we went and ordered our first drink and then like people would come around and then we would room place. So we spent $20 and got like six drinks each. So for us, we made money or we spent like very little <laughs> on, on drinks. And they, if you go in that with that goal or that mindset, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play, uh, I, I'll digress. I did pull out $20 to play one game of blackjack and lost it in five seconds. And then I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I seriously, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know how I just lost. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So yeah it's, it's like, brutal like that but yeah i uh, would like to go again do plenty of slots again but um it's just uh overall not my not my thing yeah i get that so well i think we can uh end it there so you can go get our business cards from the business card yep. store it's from from the business card place yeah <laughs> i gotta go pick them up all right guys well i we hope you enjoyed this episode i certainly did um but yeah, yeah stay tuned uh for the next episode see you 